0: Here's what I keep coming back to. Patrick Peterson is a better football player than Cam Sutton. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of the other two teams I cover in town, the Penguins and Pirates. The NFL's legal tampering period opened at noon yesterday, and it didn't take long For the whole scene to take shape, all of it in the form of ominous dark clouds over Southwater Street. Instantly, Cam Sutton was gone. Tremaine Edmonds was gone. All these fantasies, these outside guys, Javon Hargrave was gone for money that was way higher than anyone, myself included, had anticipated. I saw Javon as an $18 million a year guy. Didn't think he'd get 20. Not only did he get 20, he got 80 over four years. Half of that guaranteed. Edmonds got into the 17 range with the Bears. And Sutton, the guy that I identified yesterday as the one who should have been the Steelers' top priority to keep, I thought he was going to get somewhere. I knew it would be around three years, and I said 25. He ended up getting three years and 33. And if you will recall, one of the other things I had mentioned is that the market is set entirely by the one team that signs the check. It's not an average. It's not a median. All it takes is one out of the 32 to pay a certain price, and there it is. And I'm not suggesting that any of the three got overpaid. I'm happy for Cam Sutton in particular. He's put in a lot, and to my mind, he was significantly underpaid in his time in Pittsburgh. So those things tend to balance themselves out if you keep performing. The question that matters out of all of this is, are the Steelers better now than the last time you and I talked? And my answer to that would be maybe, maybe. And here's why. I'm going to put some conditions on this. Peterson signed a two-year contract with the Steelers worth a total of $14 million. Those are going to take him into his ages 33 and 34 seasons. That is crazy old for a corner. It's a lot older than when the Steelers let Joe Hayden walk. And Joe could still kind of play. Now, everyone can say what they want about Peterson still being really, really good. The five picks he had for the Vikings last year. The fact that he never gets hurt, misses games or anything. And all of that will sound wonderful. In addition to the longer term resume, the eight Pro Bowls and everything else that he's achieved. But anyone who's followed athletics at any level can attest That when the end comes, it comes fast and it comes hard. And you don't know when it's going to come. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. So, yeah, there's a gamble. In this equation, there's no question about that. Is it a massive gamble? Probably not. Two year contract isn't all that much. Peterson himself has made clear that he only wants to play two more years in the NFL, so it's not like they're going to be shoving him out the door. And to reiterate from my opening, Peterson's a better player than Sutton. Look, there are things that Sutton did that Peterson won't be able to offer the team such as bouncing inside, which Sutton did a lot more often than what people will realize because the Steelers weren't all that wild about Arthur Molette's coverage abilities. So they would bump Cam in when they needed somebody to really buckle down on a coverage situation in the middle of the secondary. That won't be Peterson. He is who he is, and he will remain as such. So you're going to need to find other answers in that capacity. But when it comes to just playing that position, that spot on the football field, that outside corner, Peterson's a better player for now. That's one good thing. Another good thing is that the Steelers didn't have to go and spend a massive portion of their cap space right off the bat. There are other needs, as we all know. But the third one, honestly, I don't feel like it has anything at all to do with free agency. I think it points to the draft. This team doesn't care much at all if they telegraph their draft intentions. Have you noticed that? Have you remembered me saying that over the last couple of years? They don't care that everybody knows they're waiting for Najee Harris to fall They don't care that everybody knows that they're waiting out a quarterback in some form or other. Probably not the one they got. But they don't worry about getting sneaky or surreptitious about it. They feel like they control their own destiny. That's their mindset. That's something that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert have spoken about at length over the years. They don't see the draft as a process where they're just kind of hoping. They see the draft as a process that they try to control as many variables as they can entering it. Well, one of those variables very clearly was going to be the cornerback position. Even if Cam Sutton had been brought back, there's a need for another one. There's a need to get younger at the position. There's a need always to have fresh legs working in and out of that slot where you can get guys uh, that maybe becomes someone who surprises you or comes out of nowhere like a Mike Hilton. But this signing yesterday, uh, this first of all, letting Cam Sutton go and then bringing in Patrick Peterson put together sends beyond the obvious roster ramifications to me, the signal that this team is going after a corner very early in this draft. It doesn't have to be 17th. It doesn't have to be 32nd. It could be 49th, although you're kind of getting a little low on the depth chart there. Everyone knows this draft has both quality and quantity at corner. Everyone knows that this draft has Joey Porter's kid sitting there on most mocks right around that 17 mark. Everyone knows that the Steelers would be, of course, naturally interested in that specific prospect. Just saying, it's felt almost a little bit too easy, especially over the last couple of years, to predict where the Steelers would go position-wise in the draft, and we might just be in that territory again when we come back. J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar J1Q comes from Jeremy, who says two years ago everyone said the Bengals would draft offensive linemen in the first round. They already had a good wide receiver room, but the OL was bad. So, when their turn came, even though there were premier offensive linemen available, they ended up taking Jamar Chase. Could the Steelers be in the same position with Jordan Addison this year? See, Jeremy had me there. Like I was all into this. This is like a really cool scenario, cool picture. And you're you're just you're coming in through the back door with a question as a pit fan. I, I I just ask what you want to ask. I say this all the time to everybody. Just ask what you want to ask. It's okay. We don't bite here. Uh, could it happen? Could a wide receiver be the player that the Steelers take? Yes, of course. Could it be a quarterback? No. Could it be a running back? No. Could it be any other position on the field? Yes. And that's where it's always worth reminding that even though, as I mentioned in the opening segment, they do tend to telegraph what they hope to get positionally, there's always the one great override of having a better player fall to you let me put this a different way. Let me throw in a position that absolutely nobody talks about in Pittsburgh related to this draft. Just for fun, edge rusher. Okay, hear me out. You have TJ Watt, you have Alex Highsmith, you might be bringing Bud Dupree back. But leaving Bud out of this, you have those other two guys. Logic would dictate absolutely no player on the planet could fall to them that would prompt them to take an edge rusher with the 17th overall pick. But I will ask you, based on your own time in observing this management, and in particular this head coach, if he... Specifically, Mike Tomlin could resist the lure of an edge rusher, of a game-changing edge rusher falling to the Steelers. No, no way. No way. You guys don't have to be at practice or anything like that to know how he feels about that very, very specific part of the game. There's nothing that he wouldn't do. And you can come back at me with, uh, you know, maybe they trade down or whatever. When you trade down, you're running risks. You know, unless you're trading down one spot, you're running risks. You're going to miss out on somebody that you might want. You're just going to take the talented player and deal with the fallout after that. It could be. Yes, a wide receiver. This team has shown that how many times now over the past half decade where you think they're done at that position. They've got so many guys. They're all young. Uh, Just got Juju Smith-Schuster in the second round, Chase Claypool in the second round. How do they keep doing it? Deontay Johnson in the third. How? How does it keep happening in Pittsburgh? What do they know about? And then they just keep taking more of them because as they see it, Those guys are the ones who are falling. Those are the guys who are higher on their boards, not as positional priorities, but as player priorities. So everything that we try to pick apart in advance of a draft can go right out the window. But could that be Addison? Yeah, of course it can. Of course it can. Imagine the endorsement he'd get from the young franchise quarterback. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow.